Uh, how the fuck does anyone have anything to say <laughs> before we have to start talking about Party of Five? Party um, of Five. That's my my mm, take on it. Uh, anyone do anything fun this week? <laughs> I've, been playing, like, I've been we've been playing Pokemon Legends. Uh, no. Apparently, everybody else we know went to the world's most horrific <laughs> trivia event. You didn't have to play trivia, like. You Nobody do. made you, you play have trivia. To play trivia. This is Nobody I made disagree. you do this. I just can't imagine that their trivia was any worse than when we were asked what does water usually mean in literature. Water usually means avoid this area in my experience. Uh, and you, and you're not and you say you're not a gamer. <laughs> Welcome to the beginning and the end of the world. Party of five. Yeah. Party? Were you guys emotionally uh, moved five. by this weepy family drama? Um, uh, in a sort of like manipulative way at one point, where I was like, I don't care about these people or these characters. I'm projecting fully onto this moment, and I'm like, wow, that would be sad, man. And then I moved on, but that was my. I that didn't was even really feel it. that. I felt nothing. I most this of this is, was nothing. Did so this is the kind of family programming that exists and has a large viewership of exactly zero people that I have ever known. <laughs> I don't understand who watches these well, shows. Well, this one this one didn't really have a large viewership. But it lasted like 6 seasons and then uh you know, according to the version that we watched, <laughs> it like changed the game, and yeah, yeah. You know, that's, everyone that's not, at Fox was like, "Oh my god!" Behind the scenes, Thank like, you, what's party behind the five. scenes? Oh, that's actually a fake light. Yeah, listen, it's like this. Listen. This room actually only has two. Do they walls. hug Race. and cry behind the scenes too? Cool. Listen, <laughs> this Travis? is what I imagine. This is us. Is also a show we will right, do in so a few that's, months. That's that's what <laughs> I was thinking of the whole time. I, like that kind of like weepy drama bullshit. Who watches these? I don't want Travis's fucking loaded bullet to go unnoticed on that one, though, by the way. I thought we've all talked about, like, because that's entering okay. its last season, and I uh. figured we were just going to be like, what the fuck is this show anyway? I've seen some of it. <laughs> this wow. is also a it's little fine. bit of what Parenthood was, uh, yeah. but way more boring. Not that Parenthood was, like, the most exciting show in the world, but just, like, so this couldn't even be interesting enough to be emotionally manipulating, as far as I could tell. I say this, I swear, not to be mean and not to make you mad. Oh, this is going to be awesome. This is six feet under. This is six feet under, but six feet under had like swearing in it. Six feet under has so much more in it. It's mostly an exploration. There are, there's of like grief. a boob in it sometimes. <laughs> so like, uh, what, what? Well, one character's an infomaniac in six feet under, so that's definitely uh, not a thing that happens. In six feet under five. had higher pro- and uh, six higher feet production under had values. A gay relationship, which I thought Party of Five was doing. But then it was just one gay character. No, there just was a guy who was gay. So I was like, oh, is this Bailey's boyfriend? And then I was like, no, he's just the new nanny and he's gay. Really was like, oh, good for him. Yeah. Oh, he's, I guess in this time in between, he's really found out who he is. Yeah. No. What What's this show, Ian? What, what show are we doing? What are we on? What are we on about? Give me, give, give me a sec. Did I even do anything for this episode in my notes? <laughs> No, I didn't even come up with like a clever because there was nothing, nothing like up oh, going off to college. It's Travis going off yeah. to college. 
It's Matt. I'm going off to college, and I'm Ian Benson. I'm getting intro. I'm going to Julia. You got it. Yeah. No, yeah, that's basically what it was. Folks, it's, as you know, the podcast that's about learning to love, then hate, and then ultimately forget a television show, usually in about two hours, especially in about two hours during this one. Yeah. Did forgot you learn to show, love it? You forgot the show fuck. before I ever learned to love or hate it. <laughs> Matt already did all of our wonderful introductions on our names. We're all off to college. I'm Ian Benson. <laughs> I'm naming my son after my uh, nephew or my brother's friend on a soccer team. And uh, the, the said nephew on a soccer team, it's Matt Ciani. Uh <laughs> Honestly, that was a pretty funny scene. That was the that was and and like I I had adjusted fully. I was similar to the frog. Like I had adjusted <laughs> to the kind of tepid, half-hearted humor that this show ever attempted. Like the kind of humor that makes that felt like when somebody is making small talk and says something that isn't necessarily meant to be funny, isn't necessarily meant to be clever, but it fills the space and makes you go. <laughs> That uh. all the humor in this show was that. So that scene was, by contrast, the funniest thing I'd seen in an hour and a half. Like making it seem like the kid's gonna say, "Oh, you should name, uh, name your son after one of the characters in the show." No, name it after my friend who's on the soccer team. He's done a lot really for cool. me. Travis, if you had to name uh, your son after uh, the cool member of your soccer team, what would his name have been? Travis. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Fuck you. None of them were. <laughs> there was like a fucking. None of them were. I can't cool. believe the vacancy sign was like blinking with an arrow <laughs> on that joke. <laughs> no. And I was still. There was no like, one cool on my soccer team. I fucking. I road runnered my ass. I, I wily coyoted my ass right into that. Everyone that was one. perfectly fine. Speaking of wily coyote, do you know what I did after I finished Party of Five? You hurled yourself off of a cliff. <laughs> yeah. I watched a bunch of jackass clips. We should do jackass. That'd <laughs> yeah, we be should fun. do jackass. <laughs> I just was like, I'm just going to watch some jackass clips Dude, and recenter I've, myself. I've thought of some shows lately that I think are, they're like kind of sicko logic picks, but I think they're going to be really fun to watch. Are you going to beat me to picking the da- to picking David Letterman's run? Dude, okay. <laughs> yeah, something like, I, I, my yeah. big one was Countdown with Keith Olbermann. <laughs> oh, God, that's such a... Where that's are you going to so find old episodes of that? <laughs> I'll do my best. You got to give me the heads. I'm going to start looking. We're doing Ellen when it ends. <laughs> we got to have some fun. We got to find a way. Let's do the Arsenio Hall show while we're just on oh, this oh, 90s oh, chair. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, pl- Travis, t- I, I don't want to jump ahead, but please tell me that you're taking us away from 90s I am taking spots. us away from the 90s. Okay. I, ex- I found a lot of shows, and I was like, let's do something not in the 90s. Yeah. Travis is taking. Travis is picking Guiding Light. No. <laughs> No, Guiding Light, it, I feel like I've staked my claim on that one. If we, if for some reason some like 9,000-year-old person finds a treasure trove and their grandson helps them upload it to the internet of old recorded <laughs> Guiding Light episodes, if we can ever find episodes. the first one, then we have, to wa- we have to listen to it slash watch it. <laughs> but if we can't find the first radio episode, I don't think we were allowed to do the show. I told friends that. Uh, that idea from you, and they were like, this is demented. (laughs) In a positive way. Also demented, but not in a positive way. (laughs) Is Party of Five. Party of Five. This show wasn't demented at all. It just was nothing. This is what got me. This is what I was going to say before you asked me about the soccer team. Uh, This show, according to Wikipedia, it calls it a teen drama, and I understand that most of the characters are teens, but no one under 40 was watching this, right? 
I don't know. Said no, maybe they Can were... you imagine being in high school and meeting someone who was like, yeah, I really into Party of Five? No, yeah, like Dude. nobody's that hot. None of the plot lines are particularly interesting. Like, damn, you're going at your girl Nev like that. I mean, it, you think Nev Campbell in, in this show is particularly hot? I don't know. I was watching 480p and then <laughs> something even, and then SD in the second one. So I can't tell. <laughs> she was grains to me. <laughs> Yeah, fair. <laughs> Your grains uh, to me, girl. <laughs> <laughs> she had uh, the look in the first episode of when Sydney Prescott like deci- decides that she's gonna outcool Ghostface. Like she find like Ghostface kills a bunch of people, and then mm-hmm. she'll just like she's like whatever. I'm gonna go to like a punk club, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna live like Ghostface doesn't even exist. Like I'm gonna beat him by being cooler. Guys, it's heart. I have heartbreaking news. Yes. Did we right? Do we see Luke in this episode in the finale? Luke is uh is Chip? Yes. Yeah. I couldn't I didn't realize. I have yeah. heartbreaking news. Okay, so I guess we do briefly Ooh. see him. Guys, Chip Easton. Yeah. Who was Did you not watch um Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, Chip from Whose Line was <laughs> <Yes>. in this? <laughs> um Matt. Yeah. Matthew, tell me why. <laughs> tell me why you picked Party of 5. Um, I know why. I mean, so I a lot of my picks come from going through the Wikipedia pages of people who are in things that I'm currently watching. But yeah, I mean, it lined up perfectly with me finishing watching Lost, which obviously Matthew Fox was in, and revving up to hopefully sometime when it's you know not completely plagued out in this fucking country, uh, hopefully going to see the new Scream movie that has obviously Nev Campbell in it. I did not know that Chip was in it, and I certainly didn't know that Nancy Drew's dad was in it. Do you so, think you're like one of the like seven people on the planet who has like that sphere, like that Venn diagram of excitement for the, the idea of Party of Five? <laughs> because you look and you're like, it's Jack from Lost, it's Sidney Prescott, it's Nancy Drew's dad. That so that's the that's the part that makes it weird. The other two <laughs> yeah, are like like if you. If you care about loss, there's a decent chance you care about Scream and vice versa. Like it's not a guarantee, but like that there's cross sections in that in those two groups. That's really the whole reason I picked it. And it and it looked like so wholesome and I was like what is the deal? Like I'd like to see Matthew Fox acting in a totally different mode than how he is on Lost. And spoilers, he acts exactly like Jack on Lost. I told I would have cast him. Uh, he, he, all of the acting that he does is the same. It's just the gravity that he lends to each of the situations in Party of Five doesn't match the content, but it does in Lost. Him with the long hair was weird. He looks great. Long hair, tan jacket. Dude looked awesome. Uh, well, okay. Before we continue any further, of course, obligatory note. Fuck Matthew Fox. That Is guy he really sucks shitty in real know, life? I don't know anything about uh, him. Well, um, uh, Dominic Monaghan, his Lost co-star back in uh, 2012, uh, tweeted out that uh, he uh, 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 beats women. And uh, he just fired he that had, off on Twitter. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. That guy, he did. that guy has said, has fired off a lot of shit on Twitter. But uh, okay, he also yeah, um, was uh, accused of assaulting a, a bus driver in Cleveland. What? Why would you fuck with a Cleveland bus driver? <laughs> also, why was Matthew Bucks Matthew Bucks Matthew Fox? Why was he ever on a Cleveland bus? <laughs> that's also a really great that's question really, yeah <laughs> did he get his ass kicked i uh no no he's accused of assaulting a female bus driver in cleveland 
Uh, I'm not. I don't have the details, but yeah. So uh, his uh, his acting resume, his acting career uh, after uh, 2012 is pretty sparse. When this gets tweeted, World War Z, Extinction, Bone Tomahawk, a television show called Last Light that's coming out this year. That's it. I mean, a guy. A guy that beats women or beats up random bus female bus drivers yeah. would be in a fucking S. Craig Zoller movie. That makes sense that he's in Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so he gets um, he gets his ass handed to him by uh, Mary, Mary, M- Mary. Is he Mary? Yes, Mary Brandy Book, of course. That's for the Lord Mary. of the Rings heads out there, oh, which is most Monaghan. people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot. I wanted to do a new feature. Which is mm-hmm. where I link the past show that we covered to the current one. Oh, it'd be yeah. so easy. Never mind. X Files to Party of Five Michael is Emerson. just, or um, it's any number of the Lost actors. <laughs> Lost is usually the link to lots of things. Yeah. Oh, I should say what Party of Five is because people are listening to this podcast and they're like, "What the fuck what the is the show they're I've talking never heard about?" Of this shit. Uh, it's of course. A teen and family drama created by Christopher Kieser and Amy Lippman that ran from September 12th, 1994 to May 3rd, 2000. It follows five siblings who, uh, after the loss of their parents in a car accident, uh, you've got four, you know, teen and up children and then also baby Owen. It's categorized as a series aimed at teenagers and young adults, but it explored several no mature themes, including no substance like abuse, domestic substance and domestic abuse, <laughs> teen pregnancy, <laughs> mental illness, cancer, and the long-term effects of parental loss. Whatever. Right. Shameless did everything on this show better, and it's very debatable if Shameless was a good show. <laughs> Frankly, the Vampire Diaries did everything on this show better. That's a rumination on... Uh, on I loss. imagine none of us have had any experience with the television show Party of Five. Travis, for example, thought it was about politicians' kids. I thought it was a pun. But it is a pun, as it turns out, I guess. Yeah, I just is thought it? it was on that. I, I mean, I guess. Because it's, you know, it's it's, uh, it's when you're at pun? the restaurant. Party of Five. Uh, yeah, but, well, listen, in Travis's there. world, it already counted as a pun. <laughs> I thought we were going to have fun with this. Mm, I didn't think that. Well, I thought it was going to be more, you know... Up and dramatic. It's right, not I thought there'd be melodrama, happens. and we can sum up the entirety of what happened on both of the on this two hours of television that we watched in about sixty seconds. If we want to just do that and then talk <laughs> about it, I can. Yeah, yeah. I can give you every I, uh, single plot beat that happened. Here's the issue I had with this show. I think there's a failing where it's the most interesting thing they pick up six months after this first episode. Like the midpoint should be the parents die. <laughs> The cold open is just them buying a car and then the struggling with the clutch. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. It's, it's so mundane. Did people watch it because they were like, this is how my life is? Like, the, oh, this happened to me yesterday? Like, it was just like, these people are young to be buying a car. Like, that was... Is, but they're actors. Like, they're... Uh, and then it was not connected to the rest. I hate to fucking I, bring it up. I, I genuinely don't want to say even say this. But this is so fucking pre nine eleven shit. Like the way that people <laughs> understood what. Yeah, this is end of history shit. This is the worst. The worst things that could possibly happen. <laughs> like the most danger that you could possibly be in is you don't know how to use the clutch on your new car. Also, that in San Francisco you could be struggling to pay the bills and not be 
like on the street with everyone else. Right. Uh, which now is they sell their house. Like sit on that shit for five more years. You'll never worry about money again. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, they got well, they got a good chunk of money already from this clearly. But it's the yeah. thing where they're like, man, I can't believe we made away with only two million dollars. <laughs> if we had God. waited a few more years, that's twelve. <laughs> The part in the finale where the one guy's like, "Do you know how many, how few Fortune 500 companies there are in the in, in San, San Francisco. Francisco?" And I was like, "Bro, I got some news for what's about to come sweeping through I mean, your you city." Like, He's right; they're all in San Jose or whatever. I don't okay. know. They're all in Palo Alto. You know what I meant? Yeah, their house could have just been turned into an incubator or something for. Yeah, you know, like fucking uh, programmers living in their tent. <laughs> it's a shame how we let that city just get destroyed. I don't think we let it get destroyed. Uh, <laughs> we as a species. Yeah, we as a species. As a people. Tech. What the fuck? What can you fucking do, man? Like, that won't, like, get me immediately fucking swatted. Like, what is something? Uh, okay. I was, making a, I was making a motion that people who know me personally will understand <laughs> what I may have been saying, but Matt is right. <laughs> Such a thing <laughs> would definitely get me in trouble. So let's all just um, parody, parody, parody. But like actually start parodying. The and time the is Demo now. And then the Democrats the are going to hear that and be like, San Francisco more destroyed. SNL. That's what they mean by parody. Uh, <laughs> SNL, but harder. Party of Five was created by Christopher Kaiser. Kaiser? I'm going to go with Kaiser. I think I said it weird. You said Kaiser before. Yeah, um, listen, because uh, I'm dumb sometimes. And uh, Amy Lippman. Uh, where did they come from? Are they? Oh, they're just writing partners. I was going to say there's a whole thing about together. how they're like we're married, but not to each other. That is, they both joke that they are married, just not to each other. You're right. That is right here. They really specify not married to frequent park partner. They've joked uh. that they're married. These two had one awkward sexual encounter somewhere, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it forever haunts them. About it. Yeah. <laughs> did they do anything else? They created. The Society, sure, which is yeah, a Netflix, Netflix mystery series. teen show. So that was the uh, Kaiser, it seems, only. Uh, he was president of the, uh, the Writers Guild for, uh, oh. for a while. The, well, at least the West Coast branch of it. Um, Amy Lippman, even sm- shorter, uh, Sisters in Treatment, Party Five spinoff. Uh, the Aunt of Timothy Chalamet, that's something. Oh, huh. What's up with this fucking spinoff? Why did they say you were going to say what's up with Timothy Chalamet? And I was what's like, up with fucking oh, Timothy Chalamet? I've never seen Timothy Chalamet in anything, and I never will. What? Never will. <laughs> you're doing the voice out of where you're just throat singing. I can't tell. <laughs> I love that part in Dune where those guys, where those guys are like upside down, getting the blood uh, let out of them while those guys, that dude is throat singing, <laughs> and it's like the Sancho car. Dune seems yeah, like is. a classic. Really it yeah. would be better if it were worse. Uh, you can watch David Lynch's Dune, I guess. Everything I hear about it is great, and then I look at like the runtime. I watched a, a movie. Chance. I almost tweeted about this too. I watched a movie in theaters on Thursday that would have killed you. The length of it would have killed you. And it's a it's an adaptation of a Haruki Murakami short story that I believe is twelve pages long. Fuck that masterpiece. Damn. That, put, that really puts the Hobbit movies to shame for <laughs> stretching something out. Perfect, tremendous, wonderful film. If you get the chance, you drive my car. Highly recommend it in theaters, but I understand things are weird. I saw it during a snowstorm, and there was two other people in the theater, so I felt 
No problems on that yeah. one. I mean, I have very different tastes than Matt, but I've got to say it sounds like some boring shit that I would hate. Oh, you probably would, but then again, you are just, you know, uncouth. You like this when I'm it's a, a television barbarian. show doled out over one hour increments, but if it's a movie and you could get out in three hours, you're like, no, 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 no. I would, like, drive my car if it was a TV show. Well, I'm just, yeah, we're, we're making jokes about okay. um, uh, Six Feet Under. Oh. Well, what happened? You guys just didn't see? I mean, it seems that way. So, Nev Campbell is is with some guy named Justin at the end, and she's like, like, they're talking about getting married, and then she's like, well, he just got separated last month. I'm like, that's, show me that. That's way more interesting. Apparently, she was married to uh, Jeremy London. Guy. Yeah, well, you know, the, of course, uh, the guy from Mallrats is how right, I thought of him. Right. <laughs> Scott Wolf, uh, yeah. Nancy Drew's dad. Yeah. He was in uh, Everwood. Is that what I, is that the one? Yeah, that's the one with Treat Williams that we're going to do one day on this podcast. Mm. I don't know what that show is. I would assume it's a different He was engaged to Alyssa Milano in 1993. Very 90s thing to do. Uh, Scott Wolf. (laughs) 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 Scott Wolf, here's the fun thing. So they were like, this is a show about adult. There's only one uh, adult child. The others are going to be teens. You're like a 16-year-old, and we're going to go with a 15-year-old. You know, uh, Matthew Fox is playing the 24-year-old brother, uh, and uh, he's supposed to be supposed to be, I think, about eight years older than uh, Char- than uh, than Bailey. Yeah, because it's 24, 16, 15, and 11 at the start of the season. Yeah, uh, so series. Maybe. Matthew Fox is only two years older than Scott Wolf. Yeah, uh, he is at least yeah he is uh, seven years older than Ev Campbell. So roughly where it's supposed to be but yeah everyone is of course playing up uh lacy chabert is kind of close i think she's like 12 she was 12 or 13 she's playing an 11 year old she also just is so small that like and lacy chabert i was looking up i was like what is lacy chabert's adult height because this little girl is so t- like she's only five two so, so like obviously she's a short woman but she looked like she was like three feet tall next to <laughs> matthew fox as a 12 year old do you think she's mad that she's no longer um Meg Griffin, because of the one season and she left after yeah. that, and that show and the show's still going. I feel like. Do you? Think, I would feel. Relieved. Part of me is like, do you think Mila Kunis is sad that she's still Meg Griffin? Yes. Like, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> doesn't that show seem like kind of a hell to be trapped in? But honestly, I, money, I so. bet. I bet days for that show. Your work is like an hour and a half, and you're out of there. Yeah. Like, I bet they have that shit down to a science of just like making money and doing basically nothing. Yeah. I bet I, I I wonder if it's yeah if it's like you go for one hour somewhere or you just like have two days of like have like ten hours of work and then you're done for the season. Yeah, especially because yeah. yeah, like especially for people who only do one character on them. Like Seth MacFarlane is also voicing like a bunch of other things within it usually or whatever. But like how many? I mean, not that I've watched a Family Guy episode since 2005, but like how many lines? does meg even have in a given episode probably not very many do they they even stop the tape machine like does mila kunis just come in and say every line just consecutively like (laughs) probably at this point could just use fucking archival recordings (laughs) yeah why has it been on for so long people love family guy still watches it people are i wonder this about the simpsons too yeah there are people who will never stop watching simpsons who have hated it for 25 years (laughs) or still are like i have to watch it because like they have a sense of obligation 
just like how like SNL, how like Alex still watches Grey's Anatomy or whatever. But like, you know how like I, uh, you know how I hate uh, the Cleveland Browns, and yet will probably continue watching the Cleveland Browns, even though they bring me no joy at any point in my life anymore. I just don't understand these impulses. (laughs) Although with SNL, so at least with SNL, you can say if you're still watching it that like it's still it's always trying to be topical and it comes up in the news. The Simpsons has just like been in a vacuum since 1998. Like that episode, who talks about what happened on The Simpsons ever? The fact that there's like a, a a fucking like Homer wearing Balenciaga like couch gag. Who watched that? And then Family Guy, I don't know, people who are into Family Guy, it's like a, the, an even dumber version of South Park guys. How? That are just like 35 and still like... Is South Park still on? South Park is still on. That is unreal. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're turning... There's we like the so South Park. We are so past the need for, for that years. show. Yeah, the 25 anniversary or something like that. that show. Party of five. Should we talk about Nev Campbell real quick? Yeah, we can Scream's talk about good. I never saw Wild Things or whatever, her other big... I don't know. If she's you haven't Canadian. watched the Scream sequels, they are fun. She's got great Kevin hair. Williamson. When is... When is... Scream is two years into this show's run. Okay, there we in, go. This runs 94 to 2000, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and Scream's 96. The Craft is 96. What a... What a 96 for her. The Craft? Yeah. Scream? Scream 2? 97? I forgot that Scream wow, 2 comes out like hot on the heat. a year... Yeah. I think like... They see like the first weekend of Scream and they're like, make the sequel now. Yeah. If I had fucking Wes Craven signed on. I don't know if she's in another movie that's good other than Screams. Apologies to The Lion King 2 Simba's Pride. <laughs> uh, maybe Wild <laughs> Things is good. I just know it. Yeah, it's like the girl on girl scene or whatever. Yeah, that but it's a neo noir erotic crime thriller yeah. by John ne- McNaughton. Never, never watch one of those. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, I counterpoint. Neo, yeah, Neonora Rodgers counterpoint are great, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, those, those are good. <laughs> I was saying earlier today. I think I've picked a lot of very wholesome content for this show. I think my next pick needs to be something just like really porny. Just, I think I need to pick like a show that originally aired on Cinemax. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I just sorry. I just, just I, I was like looking Watch for more Passion examples. Cove. <laughs> of uh, neo-noir erotic thrillers and then I'm just looking at the poster of Body Heat which is just William Hurt on his back with a cigarette out as Kathleen Turner like leans in the background I'm like yeah neo-noir erotic thrillers are great uh, Party of Five I don't need this tap on John McNaughton <laughs> you're, though, you're, so, you're sounding like Wetterman you just keep repeating <laughs> the title <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's Lacey Schubert. It's, we all love me. It's girls. very much the thing. No, it really is the Letterman thing because I have nothing else to say about it. Okay. <laughs> so, so the plot of what happens in the first episode. These kids, their parents died six months ago. They're And they're, they're still just coasting. Yeah, like, they're still okay, hanging out. Episode. Like they got whatever, they got a windfall from the estate or whatever. Matthew Fox is raising them. He's the only adult, but he doesn't actually live there, but then he's moving in there. And he loses $12,000 of their money in a real estate scheme. Yes. Uh, so that's and his plot. So he, this is my favorite part of the episodes. He is in the club. He gets in like a little argument with Nev Campbell's character. And then he's seen arguing with some guys against a chain link fence, which by the way, bring back venues with chain link fences inside. That's cool. <laughs> I love to see that. Shout out Reggie's. Um, 
And then you hear him. The only things you hear him say is Sawyer's catchphrase, son of a bitch. <laughs> and then 30 <laughs> seconds later, you find out that he's been taken in by a classic fake investment scam, which Sawyer was known for doing on Lost. <laughs> also, I just want to say there's a guy at the club that's dancing uh, next to Julia and uh, her PK or whatever that guy's name PK is. PK is a who sick is dressed name. Like that one. PK Subban. He's dressed like that um, that classic young picture of The Rock where he's wearing like yeah. the black turtleneck <laughs> and then like the necklace thing or whatever. This guy who has that exact look in the club and that really stuck There's out no to me. problem. With, listen, there's no problem with that fit. The funny thing about it is that it's The Rock. Yes, I yes. know. That's so That happens to the club. So that's Jack, his plot line. Jack is like a an adult who like can't hold a job or like can't get a job. He like builds houses sometimes. He's a carpenter. And then Bailey's like, "You're looking for a career and not a job." And it's like, "Well, career." He's looking for union work. Carpenter. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's looking for like union work. You're like, yeah, that's a great idea, dude. So instead, he goes money. to like this. I don't know. The owner of the restaurant that their parents used to own. Yeah. To beg that guy for money, and that guy offers him. A job as a bartender, which I assume is a big thing in the show, is like they work for the restaurant. Probably, yeah, and they get a free but, meal like every Thursday night. If they have a reserve table for them, and uh, but they also like own the restaurant, I guess. Do they? It was the f- it, well, they like talk about like well, it feels like they do. But then he gets hired there by the guy who's running it. So or right. like the parents. I mean, I wouldn't the restaurant. hire the owner to be a bartender. Like, or I wouldn't just let the owner be a bartender without some kind of. Yeah, I think the parents had owned the restaurant, and then they gave they gave it to their friend who is now running it. And then when they died, he's like, "Let me help your kids out." Or they like left it to him when they died, and that's the thing that they. I don't know, man. Yeah, because they're like, we can't let our our children run a restaurant. Idiot children. Uh, Better show. Better show. Yeah. If they're also children that have to run the restaurant. Yeah, it's a dark Bob's Burgers future. Yeah, so that's his plot line. Then you've got. Yeah, obviously, uh, Nev Campbell's character, she Gets is really into this guy, and then he dumps her because of all the drama or whatever, or because he's just a douchebag, or... It doesn't really matter. matter. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't like to be tied down. Uh, Claudia, the Lacey Shea Bear character, is like a violin prodigy, <laughs> and <laughs> to try and help the family make money, she tries to sell her violin to a pawn shop. Uh, and also, and she, but it's also because she doesn't like playing... The violin, it seems, or but she just wants to be a normal like, yeah, like kid. Like many violin prodigies, she did not ever like playing this. So it was foisted upon or her. Or she was good. Uh, yeah, she's also, like uh, her mom also was a violinist, so it seems yeah. like that's impacting her. I don't know. I love that this pawn shop guy is like haggling with an eleven-year-old about a violin <laughs> too, and just that like, rules. Yeah, but then he's very nice at the end. Yeah. It's like interesting tone shift. Her playing the violin is maybe the least realistic instrument playing I've ever seen on television, and that includes the piano playing on the originals. So shout out to Party of Five for topping what was previously the most absurd instrument you, playing. I want to go back. I that Diva also did that in the last episode or whatever. Yeah. I want to go back a second, though. If you run a pawn shop, how many times do you think, though, like a child is coming in pawning something? A child, like, covered in soot. Like, please, sir. 
I mean, she's also a precocious child with a large vocabulary or whatever. Like, that's yeah, well, I, I listen, you run in a pawn shop. I don't think you're that surprised by those anymore. You're like, listen, <laughs> right. kid, you're a dime a dozen. You got all the brains. Your parents are stupid as hell. <laughs> you're the one who's out here having to be responsible. I understand. We got a section in the back. So two days from now, yeah. you can come and rebuy the thing after that business deal actually does come through. Don't worry. This isn't my first rodeo. <laughs> What I think it's like if you run a pawn shop in various parts of this world. You're just like, oh, Whatever happens dude, on what a stars, dream. So. I would love to run a pawn shop. I wish that was my job. That'd be fucking sick. <laughs> it seems awful. It seems great. Every single pawn shop I've ever seen makes me sad to be near. Yeah, but what if I, I ran a cool pawn shop? There's a pawn shop between my apartment and the grocery store when I'm walking to it, and it's like hanging on, it seems, because there were a few other pawn shops. That have now been like, you know, the building has been bought, it's been redeveloped or whatever, but it's just like, it's just far enough into the short north where it's like, no, 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 you've gone too far. It's like the marker is like, no, 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 mm. there's no bars that way. You're headed towards Only campus. You passed shops. Luigi's. I think it's Luigi's Pawn Shop. While we were talking. That's a great name, too. Since we were talking earlier about doing like Sicko, uh, not actually like a scripted series pick, it'd be very funny to do like Hardcore Pawn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I would love it if Party of Five was the show, the show that just totally broke our system. It was like, <laughs> fuck it. We're pick, we're not we're not watching this bullshit anymore. <laughs> no more families. We're watching Laguna Beach. We're watching fucking Storage Wars. That's a great answer. That's Ice a great answer. <laughs> Steven comes back. He's like, so uh, I was while, we were, while, you were, while I was away. <laughs> At this point, yeah, we are watching, you know, um, what's the what's the, the the crab fishing one? Uh, deadliest catch. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Fuck it. We're watching the original BattleBots comedy soundtrack run that I watched on YouTube like four years ago. Party of five. Party Why not? Right. Why Party not? Five. She gets the violin back and then she tries like busking. I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's like, I just want to be normal. Or is she just like playing the violin out on and never get applause for her? But no well, listen, money. Matt. You know, you start playing your violin out on the street. Someone's gonna come over and hand you twenty bucks at some point. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, it's crazy how much they can't even set things in San Francisco anymore <laughs> without it being a commentary on the fucking Silicon Valley bullshit. Like, just looking at San Francisco in this show, it doesn't. It's not related to current day San Francisco. It's insane what these fucking people have done to that city. Yeah. Uh, what a, Bailey, I feel like, doesn't even have a plot line in this. He's just like, I got a big test. Well, and he, well his plot line is that he's actually the one who's caring for the kids yeah, because, right. because Charlie doesn't live there. He just drops in or whatever. He yeah, like has he does an apartment because he's 24. And then yeah, it's just, I don't want to live just in that wild. House. Bunch of kids. But then he does move in to his parents' old room, and Claudia has to sleep in a tent. And then the main, the the connecting plot of all this is they're trying to hire a nanny. Oh, uh, right. And yeah. there's, they have a series of people who come in, and they're like, wow, this is a nightmare to try and deal with. There's the one where random knockoff Jaws music plays when she learns <laughs> that Claudia's sleeping in a tent, and they're like, we have creative solutions around here. And then she just, like, runs away or whatever. Just, if you like, don't that's know... played for comedy. Wouldn't you just assume if you work with kids that there's a tent in the house at some point? Like that doesn't seem that weird. Yeah. Also, I, I think there's like, that. That is, I think also though, like they need to be upfront and very clear at the start when they're meeting these nannies, where it's like our parents died and we're working through some stuff right now. Yeah. Like that should be in your fucking the classified ad that they probably put out for it or whatever. Just be like, and someone's gonna want to no take parents. care of these. 
like someone's gonna want that. Like they'll be like, oh, oh, I need to save these kids. Yeah. Well, oh and God. then someone does. They get what's her name, the hot nanny, who eventually marries Charlie. Uh, uh, but Kirsten. Bailey's really into her. Kirsten. I was so ready for the like Charlie and her bump into each other in the first episode. My understanding of what this show was once I like started, I was or once I was like, okay, we're gonna watch Party of Five. Parents gonna die midway through. Romantic meet cute between two of the characters that will set up a series long, you know, will they, won't well, you're they? You're just describing Six Feet Under <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, and then yeah. it was just lesser. Parents Never. are already dead. Yeah, you know, we're six I can't believe they that. did that. That just seems like the thing to... I mean, I guess it's like, well, it's how we're advertising the show, but... Lame. I, I wanted to see the car crash, and I wanted it to, I you know... I wanted... I, I mean, you know, do you know... Did you guys look into how it happened? It's a drunk driver or something, I thought. It's, yeah, well, uh, what happened like, is... They eventually so, show it, maybe? Yeah, yeah. So what happens is... Um, there's the... the, the, the you know, they, they, they shot... And they're driving. The kids had gotten in an argument with the parents. The parents are out, and they got an ice cream cone. <laughs> and they're eating the ice cream. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's playing. Dawson's dash. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't. I drunk. drove across the it was country. Just their minivan. <laughs> I couldn't even finish the joke. I like I got to like I got ice cream cones and yeah. I I broke on ice cream cones. I think we all agree it would have been good to see Ghostface mercilessly slay <laughs> their parents. Well, uh, what, this was one of those. Uh, they had the wrong uh, answer about Friday the Thirteenth. Dawson. This was Dawson's dad. Also, it was his secret family. <laughs> I just love the existence of secret families. Is there a television show about a secret family? We need that. Uh, the Americans. <laughs> okay, that's the a Americans different type. Only if every episode was about this fifth season plot line where they have like a Vietnamese kid in another town and they pretend to be a pilot and a flight attendant so they can get to this Russian defector who works for the Department of Agriculture. Cool show. Party of Five. Not a cool show. That's uh, everything that happened in the first episode yeah, of Party of Five. Well, uh, she also misses family dinner and they're all like, that's that's important. That's what we do. That's how we... We have to get to we check in on each other. We have to live and, together or we're going to die alone. Also, I mean, like, you I, live in the same house. You can check in at each other at any time. Well, they, they, except they didn't at that point, I guess. Except Charlie, Charlie didn't live but there. But the rest of them do. I don't know. Listen, I'm, I I actually, he's kind of right. He says it the wrong way, but no, it's important. Yeah, have meals together. It's, it's important. Sure. Every conversation that they have that is supposed to be dramatic has a song playing in the background that has lyrics, and the song is as loud as the conversation that they're having. But it will duck the audio volume of the song when they speak, like it's an NTS show or like a DJ talking over a record that is currently. Didn't playing. Dawson's Creek do this too? Or like, there's just a whole lot of Dawson's lyrical... Creek didn't duck the audio. Dawson's okay. Creek just kept it in. <laughs> it so it's like, like you're just in combat chaos. with the, <laughs> the lyrics of the song that's going on. This show, it's like when they would stop talking, the audio volume of the music would shoot up so high i'm fully with matt on this there were parts where i was like what is being said right now <laughs> am i am i having hearing problems did it is i i had the moment where i was like did something get changed on my sound system like i turned yeah. into a full like 
mid forties suburban dad where I was like, "What the fuck happened? Did, Chris Did somebody Nolan mess with this? Do, do the sound on Party of Five? Some of the most insane mixing I've ever heard on a show. I no, listen. I wish Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan's like sometimes you don't hear things. That's not important. That's not important. <laughs> He's right. What Christopher? What is being said often in a Christopher Nolan movie? Not that important or good. <laughs> Uh, the other thing about the music in this is that it starts, um, every time it comes in, it sounds like if you got a coin in Mario, but it was sad. Uh, has really <laughs> great... Like, my favorite thing My favorite thing with this, uh, with this music is uh, the number of times where I was like, is this... I think I know what this song is, and then somebody would start singing, and I was like, no, no, no. Oh, they drop everybody else. hurts in the in the pilot. I was like, come uh, on! But I guess that song was relatively <laughs> was recent at the new, time. Yeah. yeah, still one of the worst needle drops of all time. <laughs> is this also when he's like telling the baby that he's going to have to sell him to white slave traders? What yes, the, that, they that choose that, that as times. the callback in the finale. <laughs> They're like, oh, remember how good that line was? Okay, white I I can, I mean it's weird, but also like I've interacted with babies and I've seen the weird things parents will jokingly say to their babies like this. Because they're like, they're not going to remember. I can sell them. Yeah. On, they tell them that I'm going to sell them to the circus the next time they do this. Just white slave no. traders is just a weird. Should have sold them at an online baby auction. He's <laughs> casing that baby. <laughs> case the baby for weeks. Case baby for weeks. <laughs> that's everything that happened on the first episode of Party of Five. I, I have. A I could not stray, believe what it ended. I was like, that that's happened. it. Well, okay. The thing that Stephen would have pointed out. Is the new babysitter, the new nanny saying, Major Poop? She does say Major Poop. <laughs> and at the very end, the last thing you see in the episode is Bailey ask about the sourdough because they're sitting at the table having a meal together. And it's then like, somebody the is like pouring. He puts like half a cup of ketchup on a flat oh. plate while yeah, asking dude. about sourdough. <laughs> what the hell is He's about to happen in this restaurant? That shit. Like, you really what grew up without parents, to... huh? Like, this is the most <laughs> fucked up food choice I've ever seen. I'm <laughs> so glad you remembered to call back to that. or whatever. <laughs> like, it should just be... That was, that was fucked up. Yeah, watching it, I was like, what is he going to do with that ketchup? <laughs> what are you going to do with that ketchup, and they, Bailey? they mercifully cut away before you see him actually do the deed. Is San Francisco, like, known for sourdough or something? Yes. Okay. That's where it's I'm from. I'm making That's, that up. Okay. I mean, it's cool. from France, but in the U.S., San Francisco There's was the original hub. It would be funny if he was like, get me some rice with that. Because <laughs> yeah, did any, we are. Did anybody at this table, like, order butl- buttered noodles, like, at too old of an age? <laughs> Party five. Would you guys watch more? <laughs> no. I got really mad that I had to I'm watch another extra, hour I, and a half. I'm extra rooting against the Niners today because of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, everything that it was just karma for fucking party of five, everything that happened to San Francisco after this point. <laughs> this is what you oh, Adam Scott was on this show for a bit. Huh. Damn, that had to be a really young Adam Scott, because that's pretty party down. Well, party I mean, down he was on five. Imagine that crossover. He had, he had already been on Boy Meets World. I had no idea that he was like a guy at all before Party Down. Party, yeah, like Party I guess he was already Down. Thirty. Party Down is fifteen years into his acting career. Dang, is he a child actor? He had been in Star Trek: First Contact. Uh, no, it's nineteen. Mm. Uh, no, he's like twenty. You know, he's he's like early twenties in there. Hellraiser: Bloodline, Star Trek: oh, First that's Contact. Wild, but he's in a Hellraiser film. Um, you know, he appears he appears in the Aviator. For a scene, That'd he's got so like a weird. pencil mustache, and he's just like, you know, Howard, hey, sit with me, uh, or whatever, you know, yeah. Um, NYPD Blue, 
ER, Everybody's Party of Five. Blue. I mean, Dude, wait, hold on a second. procedurals get Listen, person, listen though. to this. Adam Scott, another one that's just missed us. Because, yeah, NYPD Blue, he did Six Feet Under. He did CSI he Miami. He did it. He was. Yeah, he, he was there. Yeah. yeah uh, no, he's just... Uh, Ian, can you tell us about the spinoff? That's what we normally do in between these. Yeah, events. so uh, there was a uh, 2020 reboot of Party of Five. <sighs> Why? For Freeform. Which, which one's it, Freeform? That sounds Christian. That used to be ABC Family. Oh. Yes. Okay. So um, uh, vaguely Christian, but not explicitly Christian. It just has it Christian has production feel, values. It has the feel yeah. of Christian <laughs> evangelical stuff. No, it's just it's just fun. the most overlooked of the Disney Empire. I think is what it is. It can't be Christian because it airs all the Harry Potter movies every Christmas, and those That's are exactly. the cult and satanic. Yeah. So um, it was canceled after one season. Thank God. They made a switch in Party of Five to be more topical. Oh God! So the parents don't die. What? Anyone got to guess what happens to the parents if they well, don't die? Well, so they're Latino, life? right? And the new one, that's what I oh, think Oh, do they I get fucking deported? They get deported back to Mexico. So it's about anchor so babies? They, or whatever. Uh, yeah, until they find oh a way to get their God. parents back in the country, though. These five kids will have to make it on their own. I mean, that's like not that's like a fine concept for a show, but basing it on this garbage-ass, boring-ass show. All, all these parental disappearance explanations pale in comparison to the r- sketch on the Amanda show with the girl whose mom was lost in the hot air balloon. <laughs> Every other one of these shows isn't as good as that. I'm trying to think of another uh, My Parents Are Missing show, and that one's... I mean, like I said, Shameless does this show, but it's not. But it's that they both the parents abandon them, and also their mm-hmm. father is a main character on the show. He just doesn't live there, and they all hate him. Oh, is that how it works in Shameless? Yes, I just assumed he was like their he mom, did live there. Their mom left, and then they kick Frank out. I think because he's oh so that awful. makes more. Okay. That's what happens. And then Mir awesome raises them. Uh, hey Arnold's parents like go missing. They in, died like, in the, the jungle, jungle or whatever. Yes, yeah, but he did lives they with die? Grandparents in the boarding house. Party five, the two part finale. All's well, and that ends well. Big plots going on here. Uh, all of them have opportunities to leave, and then, and then they have consternation them. about it. Eventually, they're like. Uh, planes exist, and they're like, I guess we can do this. That's yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> Nothing happens. Nothing fucking happens. It ends with each of them driving down the highway, or like it shows, like I don't know, them in old age makeup, and then just like a year. That's what it should have done. They should have, if they had just all died, it'd be a better finale. So if they had all um, been mercilessly slain by Ghostface. <laughs> that would have been really good. I. uh I, I try to give my complete undivided attention to the television shows that I will be physically watching for this not podcast. possible. No, for this. And there was a moment when I was watching this where I went and I was like, "I'm going to grab another beer." And I I walked and I, I I got the beer from the kitchen. I got distracted by something, so I like grabbed that for a minute. And I was like, "Oh, where's that thing?" And then I came back to the room. And eight more minutes of Party of Five had been playing because I <laughs> forgot to press pause. I was like, it oh! has the and energy then, of a pause And then show. I went back and nothing, yeah. nothing had changed in those eight minutes. Yeah. We should also explain, not to reveal the nefarious crimes that we do on this show, but because- Travis! Of- you fucking little narc! What are you about to say? <laughs> about on what the, what the, the fuck are you about to do? this show. We can talk about this part. I'm talking to you, the listener. 
Nobody fucking say shit. Be fucking cool, okay? <laughs> we watched some to be guy's fucking VCR cool. rip from when this aired on local Chicago uh, Chicago Fox station in 2000. <laughs> is the most exciting part of this. this it's great best. to find. I got so excited when the really ads got came the vibe. on. Yeah, there's some ad for Sarah Michelle Geller for Maybelline. <laughs> Dude, it, but only briefly. It was also the really good to finally know. screwed. It was so good What's to finally get the show? ad breaks when normally you're watching a show that uh, d- wasn't made for streaming and you see like, oh, this must have been where they put the commercial and being like, well, here's here's basically a 10 second bumper. Here's boulders tumbling down other boulders and also a quick, oh. like almost subliminal fast flash of a couple kissing. Unclear you, who the who the kissing couple is. Are you guys aware of the upcoming at the time comedy Screwed and no. who's in it and what <laughs> it is? They talk more about Screwed. Yeah, sure. <laughs> a 2000 American comedy film. It stars a comedy of errors that stars Norm Macdonald, Dave Chappelle, Danny DeVito, Elaine wow. Stritch, Daniel Benzali, and Sarah Silverman and Sherman Hemsley. It Jeez. was made for ten million dollars and it grossed seven million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd like it because it's eighty-one minutes long. It wasn't for a television show <laughs> called Screwed. No, it was a no. it was a movie uh, directed uh. by. There was two guys directed this movie. Oh, it's the guys who did Problem Child. Okay. <laughs> um, wait, wait. Also, wait. Why were you incredulous that two people directed that? Because it's just very funny. To, I mean, I realize there's plenty of comedy duo direct, like the Farrellys or whatever. It's just funny to be like you, two guys had to run. This eighty-one minute movie that made seven million dollars. I was gonna uh, say you love you love Lord and Miller, and yeah, and Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Uh, yeah, these are the guys that wrote the Ed Wood screenplay. They made this movie huh. screwed. Good movie, uh, uh, Ed Wood. Dave Chappelle owns a chicken restaurant, and Norm Macdonald is an overworked, underpaid chauffeur who works for a mean-spirited pie heiress. Uh, I think I've seen this Christmas movie. Christmas is a new uniform. Sh- wait. They kidnap a dog. I, I think I've seen parts of this movie. Because the Norm Macdonald is a chauffeur part was like, wait a minute, you unlocked something in my brain it's that has been buried. I think I saw part of this on like Comedy Central once when I was homesick or sure, something like it, that. It wasn't dirty work. Um, it wasn't dirty work. I know that. Oh, Lachlan Monroe, aka um, Betty Cooper's dad, uh, is also in this show. Oh, uh, it has a thirteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oof. The consensus reads, despite having real comics in the cast, this tedious and painfully unfunny movie desperately needs a screenplay. Metacritic gave the film a score of 7 out of 100. Indicating <laughs> <laughs> overwhelming dislike. Would rather... This was shorter... How long was this movie? 81, 81 minutes? 81 minutes, so shorter, shorter than... than the, shorter than the Party of Five finale. So, Who okay. In their fucking... Why did so they Charlie, this okay, two so, parts? <laughs> Let's see if I can do this. Okay, so Charlie, so everyone wants to leave. Everybody um, has very I'm going to do this I'm going to do this in like 2 minutes. Opportunities. Yeah. And they're all in the East People Coast. are going to Yale, Georgetown, fucking Penn. Uh, Stanford. Yeah, we're Stanford to... is the fallback choice. Yeah. Juilliard, Juilliard, Georgetown and an internship business at Penn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and an internship with like, I don't know, like a congresswoman or something like that. Yeah, an inter- an under an inter- a poorly paid internship explicitly. She was like, "Give me your address so I can send you your pitiful stipend." It's so <laughs> funny that these people are having their labor exploited. It's actually really hilarious. So yeah, so Charlie has started like a furniture company, and he wants Bailey to be his partner, even though Bailey fought him for custody of Owen, which is a wild thing. But and then just uh, wants you to know, give him up. It's fucked yeah. up. This dude's a bitch. 
Claudia got into uh, Juilliard, but she's dating the kid from Rookie of the Year. The kid from Rookie of the Year is shown shirtless in bed when he's introduced. And even though you can see nipples, it still looks like his head is on backwards. What? It's a disturbing image. Esoteric body shaming (laughs) we've ever done in this podcast. It was not for me, everyone. It was for Matt. (laughs) That's less, I mean, that one's less like you're just like, that guy's ugly. And Matt, I'm just like, what does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So, yeah, Claudia, yeah, she's dating and. I think she she's like they she's, just had sex for the first time with this guy. Well, she said a few times when talking okay. with Nev Campbell. So. Oh, okay, she said a few times, and now they're because she like, was like, "Oh wow, together. I'm 17." I love I love all of the ways in this episode though, where it is the gift of the Magi, basically, where they're just like, it's something where it's like, "Oh, I'm so glad that I'll always have you to do this thing," as that person has just made a life change, not knowing that that other person has made a life change. So it's like, ah, it's so good that I can talk to you. And they're like, you know, whenever I need you. And they're like, yeah, whenever. Thinking about how they're moving to Washington, D.C., but don't realize that this person is moving to New York. Yeah, Frazier did this better in its finale, I feel like, as far as the the best joke. The greatest joke we've covered on this episode. I know. Um, I know it doesn't look good, but. Yeah. It is treatable. She's got an offer from Juilliard, but doesn't. A, it's expensive, and B, she wants to live with Todd in San Francisco and be near family, or at least in Palo Alto or whatever. God, his name is Todd Marsh. We're hard on Todd's sometimes. They can't help we that are. they're named Todd. They're not all Todd Go from by Breaking Bad or whatever. Would you rather be named Todd or Toad? <laughs> toad. Hey! <laughs> Just moving in with Toad. <laughs> I love Toad. Her boyfriend's, so, her boyfriend's so weird. You, I can't tell if his head's fucked up or if that's a hat. And he's wearing a little, <laughs> he's wearing a little Aladdin shirt. I was about to say, imagine, imagine being someone that could be described with toad energy. And then I realized how much I make noises that sound like toad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I honestly have it already. It's like, oh, there's Ian. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. that's Claudia's thing. Bailey uh, can get into the Wharton School business at Penn, um, but this is apparently his only opportunity to go to a good bit to go to an Ivy League. Well, because he's gonna like, he's be, his life would be so much better if he went to Stanford. It's so funny. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like uh, he's like uh, he's like just yeah. a few years away from being like I should be at Stanford and invest in Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> a that and b like this isn't Dylan, you know, like you can <laughs> there's shit to do. <laughs> But no, you could so abandon he, um, your family and never even leave San Francisco. It's a big city. You can go. You could find somewhere else to be there. Yeah. Well, it's or also move this to thing Oakland where he's, or something. I don't know. Uh, he but he's doing this thing where he's like gonna be there for the summer, but then enter as a junior. I guess he dropped out of college at some point. I think. But yeah, yeah he's like Charlie. I need you to take Owen, even though I fought to get custody away from you. Also, he was an alcoholic for a while. I guess. Uh, and and. It's weird because, you know, Matthew Fox is basically like, you have to do this. You can't, like, back out when it's convenient for you. You choose. You chose to become the parent here. And it's Which like, is true. He's right. He's 100% right. He's not wrong. Right. He is being an asshole about it, but he is not wrong. I love how much of an asshole he's being about it. I've been mad at people who did this to, like, a pet. Imagine <laughs> doing this to a person. Every child I've met of my friends, like, anytime I've met a friend's child, I'm like, yeah, I'd probably commit an act of violence for this kid. So, and that's just <laughs> me casually. 
you know? Yeah. So I can't imagine like actually being like, this is my child. But you it's know. also their but it's their brother. So like it's But it's weird. their brother child. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's very unclear what the stakes are here. Like maybe this brother child will have to experience his older siblings going off to college, a normal thing. It makes so much more sense also though to be like, yeah, Charlie will raise me. He's 30, he's married. Yeah. He already has one kid, I guess, and a, a second's on the way. So there's like a family. Yeah. Like there's a whole it's like not it's like not like these other like the people who are gonna leave are fucking dying. Right. Yeah, exactly. I love at the end when they just like basically like erase the whole premise of the conflict. Right there, when yeah, they're just we'll like, be back for everything. A will so. be back for everything, and B, if our parents hadn't died, like this is what most families do that have large age gaps in their in their also, uh, yeah. children. Where it's just like, yeah, the oldest ones don't really know the youngest ones, and like I guess that's kind of a bummer, but like it's not a big deal. Also, it's really <laughs> funny knowing. Well, it's really funny watching the show set in two thousand with twenty twenty brain, where you're like, in like six years. This is good. They're going to talk about it so completely differently because they'll get annoyed with how much one of them is texting the other. Like, this yeah. is this is yeah. right to the point where they're just like, like right before it's just like cell phones are going to explode. Yeah. Right. They're all yeah. going to have social media. They'll all see each other's Facebooks and be like, God, they're really fucking annoying. I can't deal with this. They're know. all going to panically call um, Claudia to make sure that nothing bad <laughs> happened to her on 9 11. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Bailey is going to learn that, like, San Francisco, like, about the tech company, uh, boom, and is going to move yeah. back and get, like, a job in Palo Alto. Right. With yeah. some soulless individual he met at Wharton. Yeah. Which is to say, anyone going to Wharton. Does Bailey, did Bailey have a love interest character? I don't even remember. Uh, so, on the television show, uh, here well, on he the- dates Jennifer the... Love Hewitt for a lot of the show, right? Yeah, and she gets the spinoff where she heads to- um, find out about herself because she was like adopted or yeah. something like that. I was hoping we'd be talking about JLH this episode. I guess that'll wait until we do the ghost whisperer. Yeah. Time of uh <laughs> time of your life was the show. Uh, uh follows Sarah Reeves Marin as she moves to New York City to learn more about her biological mother's life. She moves into her mother's old apartment, makes a group of friends. It had Jennifer Garner on it. It lasted uh nineteen episodes. Too many. Uh, also uh the episode convention was the time Blank. So it'd be like the time she came to New York. The time Sarah got her shih tzu together. I'm closing this tab. I'm destroying my computer uh, after reading that phrase. Uh, anyway. Um, there was somebody else I thought that was notable. That it was just like, oh, Bailey is dating. I don't know. He dated Rona Mitra for a while, I guess. Yeah, they're all moving. Um, well, and then Jules or Julie or Julia, whatever her name is. She, yeah, she just gets this internship offer. It, for the National Organization of Women, mm -hmm. is that what it is? Yeah, some yeah something yeah, like that. She gave a speech, and she'd be living in Georgetown or something. Is she gonna be at Georgetown? No, she's just gonna be in DC. She's he's in her, DC. her oh he's gonna boyfriend is transferring right? yeah. from Yale to Georgetown. Yeah, that's an upgrade. I am. This guy doesn't have dead parents. Why is why is he easily getting yeah. into these schools? She's going to DC, I guess. Uh, do this internship and like like we said, you get a you get a pitiful stipend to live in famously affordable Washington D.C. Oh man, the the uh, Justin goes on about like how terrifying it is. He's like, listen, you know, you could get a bad apartment. One time I got an apartment, I thought it was great because it was cheap, and then I learned strip club right nearby had a room rented out so people could uh, so women could turn tricks. And you're like, I hate oh, when they're turning tricks. 
Uh, and he's like, yeah, people just be knocking on my door, just being like, hey, bro, can I get some change? You got change for 100 in there? Uh, but he's all doing that so he can drop hints that she wants, or he wants her to ask him to move in with her. Big yawn. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Owen, he is a sentient being now because um, he's a, like seven-year-old child, and he plays soccer, and he has a friend named Stewie who flicks boogers, and he wants to name Charlie's incoming baby after him. Yeah, his his brother nephew. Yeah, uh-huh. because they're like, we should name the kid after a family member. So like, let's have Owen do it or whatever, or someone close to you, someone who's important to you. And he was like Stewie. Oh, because he was talking about how he has a friend who um, you know got to name his brother, and he picked Fritzy, and they're like Fritzy. And he's like, well, Fritz. And I was like, that's not that much. Yeah, that's a great that's a great name for like a yappy dog. <laughs> I don't know if I would name my baby Fritzy. Well, we've already established that you're naming your child uh, Travis after the, the coolest cool kid on, on your soccer, soccer team. This episode had <laughs> yeah. the energy of every conversation that I had over Christmas with my mom's side of the family, just like talking about which highways they use to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> right. I mean, this is it. Is this like, what if you made a TV show about all your friends deciding where to go to college? Not even trying to dramatize like the the last summer or whatever, but just like everyone being like, "Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm gonna go to Stanford or if I'm if I'm gonna get out of here." That's uh, the whole. That's as big as the stakes get. Yeah. Also, it's like, just Travis really like Justin. I understand where, no matter where it is you grow up, you'll have that sort of like you know I gotta get out of here sort of urge. Yeah. But it is funny when they're talking about San Francisco. Right. Like yeah. I said, <laughs> you can just abandon your family and still live there if you really needed to, if you really wanted you to get away. You can start a whole secret family. I wish, oh man. <laughs> I love the idea place. of a bump, a bumper sticker that's just like the greedy, uh, like welcome to Asbury Park style. <laughs> just <at> San Francisco. <laughs> you can abandon your whole family and, <laughs> and still, still live, live there. <laughs> <laughs> that's true of lots of spots, but especially San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on down. You don't even have to move across the bay. You could just abandon your family. <laughs> yeah, so Charlie decides that the best way to handle this is to, he's going to have, ba- he was like, Bailey, be my partner. Bailey's like, yeah, maybe. And he's like, okay. And then Bailey's like, actually, I'm going to go to school. And he's like, you decided to do this after I asked you? You could have just said no. Anyways, yeah, I'm going to so solve the problem. Chip Esten. Yeah, I'm bringing in Chip Esten and who and my ex, my ex, who I have a close relationship with, but it didn't work out. Uh, but I want us to provide for their child, our child. So we're going to do this. Uh, and you guys can all go. The one condition is I'm selling the house because that's how we can afford all of this. And also, I don't want to live in this house. And when he's like, there's like 50 steps up. We don't want to carry a stroller up and down that. I was like, that sounds like a nightmare. That sounds horrible. Yeah. I can't stress enough that this wouldn't don't. even be interesting if it were happening in real life. These people are completely fictional, and we're supposed to care. But for then they, an hour and a half, because it's relatable. What house they it's decide like, to live in? Yeah, because it's relatable. Of like, oh, I remember that time I moved, and I was like, "This is a difficult life decision. What if we made that television?" And then they all look around the house, and they all each have a memory, uh, yeah. including one from the first episode of them putting the tent in. Uh, there's Charlie and and Kirsten uh, when they accidentally proposed to each other or whatever but she had a cold so she said will you bury me (laughs) it's so fucking dumb so we get a a, um, another thing Frazier did better (laughs) yes 
Nev Campbell waxes poetic about the cracks in the ceiling, something only TV writers do. Um, this was the most six feet under scene. Wait, it was Nev Campbell that did this? Right. And if you had asked me, I was like, this was Lacey Chabert, right? Uh, it doesn't I matter. truly could not remember because they were sharing the bed and I couldn't remember which. One of them was like, oh, there's cracks in the ceiling and it makes me think of my childhood. Uh, yeah. Um, I, if I, somebody uh, said something like that to me in real life, like that would be the end of our relationship. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. I would say that to like, you, and you'd be you like, "You big like this." <laughs> yeah, I would what say that, and you'd be like, you? "You big fucking nerd," and I'd be like, "Ah, oh, you're right." Shut the fuck up. I'd be like, "What is that quote?" And you'd be like, "It's me," and I'd be like, "Get out of my house." <laughs> and then I'd be like, "Ah, oh, come on, man." I got it from Party of Five. <laughs> <laughs> That's way. Uh, I'm gonna start talking like a Party of Five character when I'm around Matt. Uh, easily one of know. the worst shows we've watched. Easily it's so boring, like, least it's enjoyable. So boring. I mean, all the most These boring kids... shows we watched coincidentally are all Matt picks. Um, but the, the I still maintain the worst show we've watched is Californication, just for a Matt repulsive. Pick. But uh, I mean, but so this that, is the most but that boring had one. Something to who's got the see? highest? Who's got the highest hit rate so far? I mean, we all disagree on what the hits. Yeah, yeah. I guess I I did do a little ranking last night because I was curious where where yeah shit lay it on me. So my top. Five are X Files, Dark Shadows, Equalizer, Twenty Four, and Supernatural. Uh, and then the Americans, CSI, Cyber, Frasier, and Gossip I feel like Girl. you should. Uh, Frasier should be uh, number one, baby. Yeah, Frasier was great. I think th- I think the top ten is all fucking heaters. Yeah, I was like, I want to see what what is our own internal Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic or whatever that's like between the three of us. Like, what are the ones that we've all liked the most? Frasier. Frasier was so American. high for all three. NYPD Blue. For all four of us. NYPD Blue. Yeah, Frasier, NYPD Blue. Yeah. Um, Felicity's pretty high for me. <laughs> Felicity's pretty high I for like me. Felicity. Father Ted. Father, Father Ted. Ted is right under Felicity for me. Uh, I hate to say it, but Burn Notice is pretty high up for me. I had God, fun watching that. Freak. Fucking freak. Well, so there's, there's also another metric of like, did you enjoy the amount that you saw, but like don't need yeah. to see more? And there's like, the, a lot um, of the ones that are high up for me are that. NGE, uh, NGE is responsible for the best moment uh, tangentially related to this podcast, which is just the video of Third Impact <laughs> happening, me panning across the room, and then it going to Matt, who then just goes, so is this a good thing or a bad <laughs> thing? <laughs> which It's the only show that I hadn't seen before that I've watched because we watched it on here. I'm still watching Frasier. Oh, fuck. Let's just call it here, man. Do we have yeah. anything else to say about Party of Fucking Five? No, I, I, I'll say it's the sixth worst show that we've watched. <laughs> I, officially on my... Uh, what, do you, what do you got beneath it? Um, working down toward like getting worse. Yeah. Superstore, Batman Beyond, Drop Dead Diva, Power Rangers, Six Feet Under. Wow! <laughs> I think your six feet under thing. I mean, a you you do it to make a point, but also it's one of those things because we watched it so early. It's like how if I have like an album I really liked that came out in like February and I put it at yeah. the top, it just like really doesn't go down because I'm like, I don't know, was this really better I than really that? And then that. you listen yeah. to it later, and I'm like, I ah, actually I was like the uh, number five. Some movies. Yeah, I went back to my movies list and I was like, ah, this could go down a half star. Yeah, from yeah. last year because yeah. you stuff know. gets entrenched. Uh, for sure. You also get like you get excited in the moment and then you think about it for a little bit and then you're like, yeah, this is this is I hate good. that feeling this when you like like a movie and, and then you just thought about it later and you're like, I didn't like that movie at all. That's the American <laughs> hustle effect to me. Dude, that, no, perfect example for that film where I was like, yeah, I think that was pretty good. And then I like watched a little bit of it and I was like, I went home sucks. and I like posted on Facebook or whatever in 2013. It was like American Hustle was great. And then I just like <laughs> 
two days <laughs> later, I was like, see it again. Two days later, I was like, like <laughs> I don't know if that movie was, was I, good. Did you post what about that? Did you say, no, no, I didn't. I just thought about it later. I was like, David O. David O. Russell fucking <laughs> the, sucks. the official director of that feeling. <laughs> Dude, I made it. I, oh man, I hate I hate Huckabees. Is how I'm gonna put it. Wow, fuck that guy. Damn. Ah, uh, what do we got next week, Travis? Uh, I had a bunch of shows. I was milling around and thinking of throwing. Okay, out, and did you pick one? I did wind up picking one. I wanted because uh, I want to do it. Can era. I ask? A, hmm. Wait, can I ask? Is it a good one? think it's a very well regarded show. Okay, good. Oh um, no. This is a nightmare. It's not a prestige thing. It's okay. a show that was well regarded. I want to do We're watching Coach. An era of television that we really haven't explored. Oh, uh no. a Titanic figure in television history. And oh, also we uh have watched like maybe one show that has more than two black characters in it. So I have chosen the Jeffersons. Oh cool. okay. okay. That's a good call. Uh Matt I think I don't know anything about the perfect Well, I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock and you, uh, oh, you tell oh. me everything you know about the Jefferson starting now. Uh, it has more than one or two black characters in it. <laughs> uh, it's from an era that we have not touched on at all. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a family of people whose last name is Jefferson, which uh, and they live in. Let's say Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and there are various trials and tribulations in the. Um, I don't know, and that's time. <laughs> Join us next week as we talk about the All in the Family spinoff. The ah. first time we will be okay. talking about Norman Lear. Uh, okay. but probably not the last. And a show uh, that will take us collectively forty-five minutes to watch, and it's on Prime. Excellent. <sighs> yeah. Good. Point. Well. Thanks, as always, to you, the listener, Seven especially on, on trying weeks like this. <laughs> and if you didn't make it to this point, I understand. If you looked down at your podcatcher of choice and it said party of five and you were like, well, I'm just going to mark this one as played. <laughs> I don't judge you. But if you made How it here to the end. fucking picks do that? <laughs> I made, uh, if you made it here to the end, I, uh, I appreciate you. And uh, would love it if you would tell a friend. Oh, um, sorry, I forgot to mention uh, Henry Rollins. Of course, never appeared in Party of Five. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> there, is, there is your was Henry Rollins in this show update. Thank you. Thanks to you, Matt, for your wonderful production work week in week out. Join us next week when Stephen returns, and we spend most of the time talking about Guatemala before we remember that we have to talk about uh, the Jeffersons. All right, bye, y'all. <laughs>